Hey, YDKMers, Veeps here. I'm sure you've noticed that we have made some small improvements in terms of quality lately, and we're looking to make some more. The only problem that we're really having is a lack of sponsors, but I'm very interested in keeping the show ad-free for you guys. So if you want to throw a few dollars our way to help us kind of keep the lights on here and keep the show moving forward, we would really appreciate that. You can donate really easily on the site. It's ydkmpodcast.com, and there's a big donate button right there. Now enough of all that money talk. On to today's show. But you don't know me. Shut up and sit down. Welcome back to You Don't Know Me, a podcast about people you don't know. I'm your host, Veeps, and today we have co-host... It's Medusa again. (laughs) Welcome back. The most alleged (laughs) co-host. So we have a really special guest um, that is actually a friend of Medusa's. We have Callum. Hello. (laughs) So welcome (laughs) onto the show. Um, Apologize for some of the feedback here. We are going on Skype because Callum lives in a very different part of the country. Um, but because he had such a personal connection with the show, we wanted to go ahead and bring him on. And thank you for having me. No problem at all. So, first of all, I know there's a big story here. How do you and Medusa know each other? Do you want me to say it, Medusa? We just happen to run in the same online circles. The same so online that's- I can put a version. Um, we met through a 4chan Facebook group, which I know is like almost a, what's whatchamacallit, double irony in itself. But yes, that's the gist of it. <laughs> this was years ago, but so it was before it was a nest of the alt-right. Yeah. People like me are obviously not very welcome on the 4chan of today. Oh, got it. Yeah. Fair enough. Um so, but you guys kept in touch. Um, I, I've heard a little bit about this this group over the years. <laughs> so it sounds like it's been a long running thing. We could honestly have one of these entire podcasts about the interesting relationship that we've all kind of cultivated and grown. So how you ended up on the show because you and Medusa have known each other for a really long time. Um, and Medusa being one of my, you know. I'm a wrangler. A wrangler. So, yeah. Being one of my guest wranglers, felt that your stories about your job working at the fair were pretty interesting, right? Yes. (laughs) I worked for a fair. And I can go into the specifics. I worked specifically for a county fair, which is a lot different from a state fair. So there's a lot of differences, whereas county fairs, they're usually connected to the local municipal government, hence the county fair and state fairs, which have a bigger budget, so they can do a lot more. So there's a lot more kind of begging for money in the county fair aspect because they are still considered public, but not public. Mm -hmm. So it's a very interesting middle. It's just the whole structure is incredibly interesting. And that's all I can really say about it. (laughs) Do y'all have somebody that requests grants or do you acquire funds in a different way? Well, so my former boss, he, what he did was he went out and got sponsorships. Usually they are local because the American airlines and such will not, you know, sponsor a county fair. 
but your local car dealership or something will, however. So one of the main things is, and it's important to note, um, county fairs, they have a much smaller staff. So my boss is doing the job of two people, that being the marketing aspect and the uh, sponsorship. And I was doing the social media primarily and assisting him where I could. So we just had so much between us and he would go out and get the sponsorships and I would find ways to fulfill them. Hence his fulfillment sheet. So we, so it's kind of a tit for tat. We'll give you this kind of exposure. If you give us money or equipment or food or, you know, you supply us gift cards for contests, that sort of thing. It's a very trade style thing. I think the like industry term is in kind donations. Yes, in kind. Okay, interesting. Almost like bartering. A little bit, yeah. I guess exposure is pretty valuable, though. So, like, if you're wanting to develop a certain type of reputation, that's that's like way more valuable than people mm-hmm. would think. It's it's not and, necessarily straightforward money, but yeah. And the main kind of selling point is, and again, I'm gonna totally just trash my the fair a little bit but at the same time it is an incredible experience and the whole point of a fair is to bring a community together to educate people on where does your food come because a lot of city kids they have no idea where milk comes from Mm. and i am fortunate to live in a very interesting socioeconomic area where our county fair was on the foothills of basically nothing Like, once you go further on a certain highway, there's nothing for, like, three hours. But there's a major metropolitan area. So it's this interesting intersection of rural and uh, city living. So our shtick was to kind of educate citygoers and kind of appeal more to the city side because that's where the money was. However, our superiors do not believe in the kind of unorthodox methods that we were trying to advertise with. <laughs> oh, really? Yes. It's, we'll get into this. It's, there is a lot of nepotism, a lot of, well, why do we need to do this? Why can't we just do the way we've done it for years? Well, sir, you're kind of hemorrhaging money. So if you just, you know, come on, give us, throw us a bone here. Come on. Yeah. So it's, and there's a lot to have to do with nepotism and basically doing the things they were doing for years and years and years because that's all they've done. Like even hiring me on as the social media manager is something completely new. They don't believe in it. And so I had to deal with, you know, well, why do we need you? You know, last like four months of my job, it was why do we need you? And you do, but you know what? I will choose to leave, and I am gone from the fair now, but I do not regret my time there at all. It's It was an incredible experience, for sure. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, being in a situation where you're getting to do some really cool work like that, but then also not being valued, the, like, they kind of actively work against each other. You yeah. Know, it doesn't matter how much purpose you feel. It's like, at the end of the day, you want to be in a situation where they actually appreciate you. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. And I mean... My CEOs, they were ex-military, so they have a very specific way of thinking. And they realize that new technologies are good. But at the same time, it's like, well, why can't we just do radio and TV advertising? You know, isn't that's all we need, really. All we need is billboards, you know. Not anymore. The 
way we get information, and this is kind of my whole passion with working in social media and basically being a digital native. I mean, I mean, so it's a hugely important tool now to advertise to get messages out. And they didn't, they see the value, but they don't see why it's valuable. So my boss and I were constantly trying to say, well, we can do this. This is how we get this. Like, it's, yeah. yeah. Oh, God, I'm so jaded. I'm sorry. <laughs> Well, I can see how frustrating it would be because that you're having to justify your existence there instead of actually doing your job. Mm-hmm. And that's, doing the job of like three plus people. That's so ridiculously stupid. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. <laughs> so they called you a manager, but who are you managing exactly? I Well, technically, I manage the social media accounts, the Facebook, Twitters. Um, we had Periscope for a little bit, but that died because facebook decided to do facebook live <laughs> and yeah i would just curate content i would create content for it why and god i love my boss but i cannot write about 50 different posts in 20 minutes mm. so it was that you no know, time was valuable in his interview in my interview when i was interviewing with uh, with them they said that i would never be caught up with anything because you know putting on a 10-day event for hundreds of thousands of people that they're the sheer logistics of it and i can go into this later is it's mind-boggling mm. and it's absolutely fascinating to see how events like this work behind the scenes like i am morbidly curious to see how disney like disney does its parks because the sheer logistics of getting food events entertainment just manpower you know the marketing aspect it's so huge Mm. And to work on a very small budget is very, it's tough, but we make it work. Awesome. So yeah. this sounds like a hell of a job. <laughs> yeah. How did you end up in that job? I mean, how did you end up doing this work? Well, um, I lost my previous job for a very similar reason. Um, they didn't see value in what I did. So I moved back home and I started applying for jobs and I got a call from my boss and they came in and said, Hey, let's interview. And the reason they said that I was picked is because my boss asked me a very specific question. And my boss is an interesting character in its themselves, sorry. And you should honestly interview them because they could provide, oh my goodness, they've had a very interesting life. <laughs> but um, they asked me, uh, are you okay with cursing? And I said, fuck yeah, I'm all right. <laughs> and that's what got me it. They that's, said that uh, I thought outside the box and said that instead of, oh, yeah, I'm totally okay with cursing. <laughs> I just flat out said it. And, and it could have even been a trap. Like, yeah, they could have just wanted you to reveal yourself as an unwholesome character. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I'm a pretty terrible person as it is, but actually nah, not in the last few months. But at the time when I was working, I was a pretty terrible person. <laughs> So it worked out in my favor, I guess. <laughs> You're like, yes, I'm home. Yeah. And so the, my huge set of cojones and that answer netted me the job. But to work at a fair, you can also join the generic labor force because come fair time, we need thousands, well, not thousands, hundreds of just laborers. And mm -hmm. of course, we have the operations department, which is also very small and kind of interesting in itself because they see the operations as more important. Mm-hmm. Like, right as I was leaving, like, this is, like, a couple weeks ago, they are hiring a 
ops assistants instead of more marketing people. So that tells you where their priorities are. Yeah. But it, it was awesome. It's been an amazing, I was super excited to, at the beginning and it was a lot of fun. How long, <laughs> how long were you doing it before you left? Um, I was there roughly a year and a half. I decided to make my way out because my boss, my former boss, was also choosing to leave and I didn't want to be caught between a rock and a hard place for the new person saying, well, I don't need you. So mm -hmm. I chose to seek other employment. And my boss is actually has literally one more day and then he's done as well. Mm -hmm. So we got the hell out of Dodge. <laughs> got it. Because there was a paradigm shift in the first fair that I worked and the second fair. Which I can go into later. Okay. Well, before we jump into that, I mean, talk to me about really what it means, what a fair means. Like, wh who are the kinds of people that are there? Like, paint this picture for me because I feel like I, I feel like that can mean a lot of things. Like, honestly. <laughs> well, I know y'all are from are from a very interesting area of the U.S. and <laughs> that area does We're in translate. Atlanta. <laughs> yeah. Atlanta. Okay. Yeah. That is public information. Yeah, yeah. I'm in the more rural area, so I'm a bit more familiar with this type of thing. Yeah. And like I said before, since the area that I was in is so... It's literally the crossroads into the frontier. We gather... The people who come are typically... I can name this off. They are, let's see, 18 to 44, usually women. They usually have $40,000 or less in their pocket. Mm. Um, the women are the ones that decide who, what to do, and the fair is their vacation. That is the typical person. They're typically, you know, labor jobs, blue collar jobs, and they are usually lean very, very red. It was really interesting. The first year of the fair, I saw an astounding amount of lesbian couples. I don't know why. I don't know what the correlation was. Um, lesbians are like really folksy, actually. Yeah. I... But, yeah, that was one of the really interesting things, because usually you get the rednecks, you get the obese, like, you get the obese woman who has, like, five different kids, and you can tell the husband is like, what did, where did my life go wrong? Um, you get standard, you know, working class, white collar kids from white collar families. Um, mm -hmm. My parents came and they're stereotypical white collar. Um, you really do get... A myriad of different people and the people watching is a lot of fun mm. so that's who comes but the fair itself um again like i said my both two of my bosses were very highly educated uh career military men and then uh we have a couple blue collars our ops guy who used to be our vendor person is a very interesting character in himself um and then there's my former boss who has had a myriad of different careers from <laughs> food to being a male stripper and um, just and then there's me, who is the young millennial on the block. So we all had various differing experiences. And of course, there's the carnies. There's the bands that wanted five different food platters. And I will start with that story. So, you know what? If um, one sec, though, is carny the actual professional term? I call them carnies. <laughs> I've said carnies and they're fine with it. It's, I'm just wondering, like, what their actual job title is, because everyone calls them carnies. Well, it depends, because you have the people, the contracted people, like the clowns, the magician people that we come. I wouldn't call, like, our magician, I wouldn't call him a carny. He's just a stage magician that 
we hire because he's super cool and local. And like our clown people, I consider them carnies, but I wouldn't say it to their face. <laughs> and our like the people that do all of our rides, I would consider their labor force carnies, like hardcore. And there's another former person that w- we hired out who I would consider a carny we had to let go because he did very stereotypical carny behavior in that he hit on my little assistant labor person during the fair multiple times and the gal that was in charge of that did not do anything. So carnies are very, I think it's, you know, there's a spectrum of, it's like with anyone, there's a spectrum of you're really cool, really good person. And then there's of course, terrible people that ruin it for everyone. So there's good and bad. Is that where the line comes from? Sorry, what was that? The carny line? Is that the carny line? They just have a feel? There's good and bad people. And you can tell who are the weird ones and who are the really decent ones. Like our clown people, they're a little they're a little high maintenance, but they're really great to work with. Very sweet. They genuinely love what they do. Um, our cowgirl, she was also very sweet, very cool, a little crazy, you know, a little wired, a little Miss Frizzly, but also very, very sweet. And then there was the one guy who just decided to hit on my helper multiple times, and she was very uncomfortable with it. So, (laughs) and then of course, yeah, it was, oh God, that was my first year too. So that was just an eye-opening experience in itself. Yeah. So creepy carnies. Interesting. Yes. So going back to the band story, five different food platters. So our entertainment acts, you know, we get we have a budget entertainment budget. So, of course, we're not we're a county fair. So we aren't going to be getting Taylor Swift, Kanye, you know. But so our in our audience, we figured this out. They love country, first of all. Mm-hmm. Gotta love country. And they love um, kind of. I don't want to call them washout bands, but you know what I'm talking about? Like bands that weren't super big, but they're like mid tier. So they still travel a lot. Like were they one hit wonders or a little bit like, um, God, I'm trying to think of a band that is similar to them. Like something like Jay Guile. A little bit. Yeah. Just middle, middle of the road. They, some of them had one hit wonders. Some of them had, were like bigger but we had one act who was known for a very specific song. They were a one hit wonder and they each all get, we will buy, you know, refreshments and stuff for them because that's in their contract. These guys wanted a fruit, a veggie sausage plate, sausage and cheese plate, like five different types of energy drinks and just more and more stuff to where at the point where it was like absurd. And I had another act who wanted, Sour Patch Kids and batteries for some weird reason. <laughs> and like another band, okay, they wanted one platter. Okay, you guys want some Gatorade? Sure, why not? But these fuck, these assholes wanted like five different food platters. So I'm like, what the hell, man? Those things are not cheap either. Like, Yeah. <laughs> they probably were going to like take them on the road with them. And that was going to be their meals for the week. Yeah, that's what they do. That's what they do a lot of the time. Like we're talking, they wanted Perrier and Fiji water and monster and um red bull and frappuccinos it was ridiculous but yeah so that again there's a lot of prima donna there's a lot of entitlement i think entitlement is a very good word to use when describing a lot of the fairgoers a lot of the bands a lot of sponsors a lot of 
people that work in the fair. They think they're entitled to, because they've put their blood, sweat, and tears into this for so long, that they are entitled to have clout within the fair community, I guess. Mm. Now, how wide of a community would you say that is? A couple thousand. Um, if we're talking just the people that are directly involved in a fair, I would say roughly 5,000-ish people. So is there like a, is that like really like an industry like in the U.S. that people would get into and maybe like would develop a reputation in like a circuit or? It's hard to say, but like where I lived, um, there were several specific fairs and they all, all their C, all the CEOs talk in the States. I think I would break it up based on of state. So regionally it's concentrated, but you can develop like, yeah. a really good reputation in the region and then that could be a career. Exactly. Yeah. It, yes. These are actual career choices. Okay. Got mm-hmm. it. It's an, yeah, it's a legitimate career if you want to go into, but it's heavy on, a, if you're in events, you can get a job in a fair because it is at its core an event. You are putting on events, mm-hmm. which is a whole logistical nightmare, but incredible to see be okay. wrought. So I also have some other very specific questions because you wrote down some key words here that I don't understand. (laughs) Specifically, horse herpes? That was a little bit before my time. There was a horse herpes scare that some horse somehow contracted horse herpes, got into the stall, and then it started. And these people, um, they go in circuits around their state because they go to like county fairs to qualify for the state level stuff for the national level stuff. So what I'm thinking, what happened because I don't know the whole story. One horse contracted herpes somehow that went to a county fair, which infected a couple people there. Then that horse just kept Wait, going to other people? places, infected oh, other no. horses, like okay. the stalls that they are, they stay in. Okay. So it just spread like wildfire, which <laughs> it's, Stuff like this happens, and we have to prepare for. I remember uh, my year; it was uh, avian flu. The avian flu was hitting turkeys, and yeah. so people were like burning. They were basically destroying their entire turkey farms because they didn't want this avian flu to spread through the fair system. And that's something we had to take into account. <laughs> Whoa, that's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even know horse herpes was a thing. It's a it thing. Makes sense. I mean, it totally makes sense that it would be a thing, but like it just I would have never and these, thought of that. Yeah, these are all little things, at least from the staff perspective, that you have to take into account just to put on an event. You know, how are you getting people in? Are the animals are okay? You know, has our message been reached to the right people? Um God, how are people gonna walk in? What if someone wants this? What do we do if this person wants this? It's all very little things that you have to be prepared for. Mm. And you'll, I mean, you'll never be fully prepared in any kind of event, large scale event for what will happen, but at least you can develop systems to plan as much as you possibly can in case someone has a heart attack. What do you do? (laughs) There was actually a scare. So we have these banners that have um, a weighted pipe at the end. They're like pole banners. And one of these pipes fell, and they actually had a pipe bomb scare because someone pointed, hey, what's that pipe doing there? Because these weighted pipes have duct tape and they're pipes. So what do you think it looked like? So there was a pipe bomb scare, and then one of the ops guys just walked over, I've been looking for this, and walks away, and everybody was like, are you serious? (laughs) 
<laughs> so just being prepared for those kind of things, it's incredible. Hey, so our horse slut kind of begs the question, like what percentage of the people in the industry are traveling and like are most of them actually stationary? I wouldn't know, but they do have, they kind of stick to their districts where they live, like the Pacific Northwest, the lower west, um, the middle, you know, down south and the ups, upper northeast, I would say are the specific areas. I couldn't tell you a number, but the International Associations of Fairs and Exhibitions, which is the big convention for fair administrators and their workers is huge and it's in vegas which makes it even crazier like these people they may be ass backwards but they can drink they can party they know how to throw an event holy shit <laughs> and i would say there was roughly five to seven thousand people there just for this one convention that is the culmination of entertainers. Um, there was actually, when I was there in 2015, they had, um, what was his name? He was on America's Got Talent, Terry Fator. Fator. He was the ventriloquist guy that got like a deal. And he gave the story about how fairs got him on the national circuit. So people can make big in entertainment through fairs, which is very, very fascinating. And all this was... What was the name of that convention? What's International Associations of Fairs and Exhibitions, IAFE. Oh, my gosh. And this is actually in Vegas. Yes. Happens every year. It's about to happen um, See, traditionally. That was, yeah, that was like what I was asking. You know, earlier, that's what I was thinking in my head. It was like, is there a con I felt like a dumb question, but I was like, is there a convention for like fair people? Yep, there <laughs> is. And there's one by state. There's one by, again, geographical area, northwest, southwest, um, South middle, north middle, northeast and southeast. Yeah, they each have their own conventions. I worked what where I worked, I was part of a state one. That was also very interesting. <laughs> Is there a lot of crossover between the levels? Um kind of. Like the county I think it's budget wise, there's a lot of like if you have the money to front, you know, bomb ass entertainers you know, you're going to get more. So the smaller fairs can't compete with the state fairs. So I think there's a very, there's a very specific divide in actually, no, there's not really. If your pocketbook's good and you can pay, uh, carnies will go wherever you want them to. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Can always buy the carnies. Yep. Um, so you, you talked a little bit about sponsors earlier and I know that you mentioned that you had some pretty difficult sponsors, um, let's see. One springs to mind. He, they did t-shirts for us. Mm -hmm. And my boss had a very bad habit of doing sponsors up to the very last minute. And he expected me to be on the ball all the time on, okay, I got to remember that I had to fill this, fulfill this for them. Needless to say, I was so busy putting together the food eating contest, putting together content, making sure everything that was in my wheelhouse was taken care of that I did not completely fulfill. And this guy had a cow. And it was just a giant clusterfuck of just, oh, God. We had these um, screens that we would 
put ads on. And I emailed him very like the day I got him that, hey, these ad ones, these ads won't work. They're in the incorrect form. Well, this guy took it as an insult and basically made my boss's life living hell. And then he came back this year and was like, I'm sorry for being such a dick. And then he was still kind of like they were, had a booth on the main midway and they did that thing at me where like they point and, you know, the come here motion in a very condescending kind of way. You know, mm. you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Like when someone they think they're above you and they kind of, like, hey, come here for a second. I need your time because I'm important kind of way. And that kind of irked the hell out of me because they wanted me to throw T-shirts to everyone and like make sure you got to make sure these things are here so that kind of pissed me off and and i mean not all sponsors are terrible like i can say this one of our sponsors was geico geico is a riot they are amazing they are funny and <laughs> the first year i was there they are very very um another thing to notice about the fair is if you're pretty you can get a long way and <laughs> I can say with confidence, I am pretty. And so Geico really likes me to the point where they're like, feel my arm, feel my arm, Callum, feel how cold I am on this cold day. Okay. All right. I'm just picturing the gecko. There is a gecko. They do have that. And we put him on a contest to get people riled up and people take selfies with them. It's pretty funny. <laughs> that is really, funny. but yeah, that was a fun experience. And there's a lot people, Events make people thirsty, and I guess events also bring out the worst in people. So in any industry, there is good and there is bad. Like, there's always going to be the EAs of video games, but there's always going to be, oh gosh, there's always going to be Game Freak, who can do no wrong, I think. Mm -hmm. And the same thing with, like, events, there's a lot of bad, but seeing someone, I remember this year, we had an act and uh, we have VIP seating for bands. We have VIP seating and then we have general, you know, admission seating that's included with admission. Pay a little bit extra, you can get closer to the act. Mm-hmm. And um, an hour before the act starts, I would sell tickets last minute to get a quick buck for to make my boss look good. And I remember there was a guy that he came by my booth and he he looked like not all the gears were turning in his head. So typical kind of podunky looking dude. No, didn't I didn't get a bad vibe because you can read people fairly easily. And he's like, hey, Blank is playing right tonight. And I'm like, yeah, you know, tickets are 15 bucks. He's like, are you telling me I can see this band up close for $15? I'm like, yes, you can. He's like, hold on one second. I'm going to go talk to a couple people. And I'm like, okay, man, I will put, you know, the best ticket I have off for you if you come back it's like yeah i'll be right back dude came back i gave him his ticket he's like you just made my entire year man and Aww. that side of it is it's amazing to have that side to yeah. the you know thank you seeing the little girl win because of her sheep it's a really great thing to see mm-hmm. on the opposite side when you find out that a board member was weighing his grandfather's sheep down so it would catch more at market that's the terrible side. The what? toxic word. Are, are we talking like literal sheep here? What? No. Literal sheep. You have to elaborate on this. You can't just. <laughs> this is okay. And 
I can't say a whole lot about this because this was like the very last thing, last straw of like, oh my god, this bullshit actually happens. Um, a very high level board member. He was caught weighing his grandson's sheep down, which means if you weigh, if it weighs more, catches more market. Okay, what 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 is a sheep market? Does is this a thing that actually exists? Yep. How shady do people get with this sheep shit? <laughs> How shady do people get with just fair? Because it's my boss described it as board members and people that are involved with fair. They were bullied in high school, and this is their way of getting back at the world because they have an ounce of power. So they will do whatever is necessary to basically keep power and keep just. They, it's how they get their fix of being, you know, I'm important. So there's a lot of nepotism and a lot of like kind of shady, well, you did this and well, we want this and just, ugh. so this board member just basically used his position to weigh his grandson's sheep down. So it would catch more money when it was sold. And I forget how they found out, but Yeah. He was promptly ejected, and nobody speaks of it again. So there was a price to pay for this sheep skullduggery. Yeah. There was another thing when one of the longstanding um, community members that just, like, they put up this booth because they're heavily involved. Sorry, not a booth, like this little station that teaches people about a certain item. And they're, like, kind of a public organization. We found out that they were hawking tickets for a reduced price because we give them like 300 tickets for their staff workers to come in it's the secondary ticket market yes my ceo found that and he looked like he was about ready to kill someone and keep mind my ceo let's just say he has seen some shit like (laughs) vietnam oh my god yes and he about loss he's like and i remember walking in and the secretary they were like hey the people are trying to call you he's like i don't want to hear from them they are never allowed here ever again and that was it so people drama like no (laughs) joke (laughs) people can get terrible and the problem that i ran into and this is where i think people are inherently terrible and i know that's a terrible thing to say which means, you know, I'm basically labeling everybody as a terrible person, but we all are terrible in our own ways. Mm. Oh, totally. There's a very specific, like, I call it, my boss called it gotcha culture. You say you do something, you know, hey, can you help me out with this? And you're like, okay, sure. Let me see what I can do. And if you don't do it, it's like, we gotcha. You fucked up. You're bad. You're going to get reprimanded. It's a very toxic and i dealt with that a lot so i had to watch what i said to certain people because they would turn around and say well he well they're not doing this it's a very toxic atmosphere to work in Mm -hmm. like do you see what i'm saying yeah totally well here's kind of an example um we have this gal she works she basically orders all of the ribbons and this gal she's worked she's very very sweet but she has a lot of clout because She's volunteered at the fair for years. And she decides to give my personal cell phone number, which is available, to every single um, animal head 
because each oh, no. animal has their own head of like, okay, kids, this is where, you know, you're going to set up. She gave it to every single person and people thought that I was going to be the point of contact if they ran out of this certain flyer that I would go give it to them. So I kept on getting calls. Hey, we're, we're out of this, Callum. Can you come bring the, the, us these? And of course, I'm running around working on getting contests together, getting the pretty baby contest together, which is, <laughs> oh boy, oh man. But she gave me, like, she has two grandsons in there, two strapping young boys that can do whatever the hell she wants, but she's choosing to, you know, give me shit and put more on my plate and getting calls every five fucking minutes. And then I got reprimanded because of it. Cause like, you know, well, why? You know, I told Callum to do this. Well, why isn't he doing this? Gotcha. I got reprimanded for that. Gotcha. Even though it's just not your position at all. Uh, after they did a little bit more investigation, they actually apologized in a very like non-apologetic way of like, Oh Yeah. But that's kind of the culture. And like, you know, you say, okay, let me see. You don't say, I will get you this. You say, let me see what I can do. It's language. It's not giving them and like being as ambiguous as possible. Because in my field, like my 25 person fair board doesn't get what I do. Most of them don't. Because they can range from salt of the earth farmers to business people. So not all of them understand what I do. So if I can't deliver, you know, I get reprimanded. Yeah, that's rough. very. <laughs> and all of this is very important, but I'm sorry. The pretty baby contest. Oh, yes. Prettiest baby in the county. Oh, my God. How is that and... an actual thing? And guess who gets to organize it? I do. <laughs> so the prettiest baby contest is broken up into heats based off of age, ranging from two years to two months. We had it by names that year. What do pretty babies win exactly? They win. It depends on which sponsors we get, to be honest. And it was really funny because last year we had a shit ton of old prizing that I just threw together and like got a couple of gift cards from the local you know, shopping center or the local mall. And like, I found a buttload of um, stuffed animals that I would give out to. Mm. So it was just like sponsor stuff that they'll give us in, in trade. So like gift cards is a good one. But um, since we did it by name, you know, every mom's not going to speak up. You know, she's not, she's going to say Millie. Well, this is Millie. Well, she has a heavy accent. So she's saying Miley. So that caused a bit of a clusterfuck in, well, you know, the host said Millie, but, you know, my Miley is way prettier than Millie. And I'm pretty sure the judges are biased. And the judges, by the way, are celebrities being, you know, local government people trying to get more in touch with their voters. So that was a giant clusterfuck. And this mom just nearly had my head, which was not fun because that's another, well, you fucked up, Callum. We got you. Mm. this year i just put numbers on every one of them i just printed out like one to number 180 and i just slapped numbers on all of the children because there's no way in hell 180 I'm people roughly over 100 there are over oh. 100 parents who want to participate in this this contest yes oh yes how far out did these people come from 
Um, they can come 200-ish miles. What? No. Yeah. It's a thing. It is definitely a thing. The food-eating contests are even more fun, just because you get to see, like, the ultimate gluttony happening, which is pretty awesome. <laughs> I have a hard time, like, telling babies apart to begin with. Yeah. Yes! Right? So, like, what, like, quantifies a pretty baby, exactly? I don't know. Ask the weird government officials that I email and pseudo dick suck to get out here with free fare tickets. Pseudo dick suck. <laughs> Please come out and judge my contest. I don't want to be judging the contest. <laughs> I think most people just call that like sucking up to them. <laughs> Basically, yes. I like calling it corporate dick sucking because there's a lot of it. Because we have to make sure. Oh, the sponsors are happy. Oh, they're happy. Oh, our fair board's happy. Oh, this person's happy. Because if they're not happy, someone will complain. And the last thing we want is our CEO getting an angry three-page uh, three letter about how her child could not win a stuffed animal at the basketball shooting contest. Yes, that happened. <laughs> My CEO got a very verbose three-page letter from an angry fairgoer because she was not able to win her daughter a stuffed animal at the basketball carnival thing that is a thing did they send her one no it's like too too freaking bad kid you know those are all rigged don't you know that sucks to (laughs) suck get good basically so oh man i just like can't with these contests this is just a mess what was this yeah. thing that you wrote you wrote 20 mo- 20 watermelons in a so it's not a fair without food eating contests and guess who's in charge of the food eating contests <laughs> callum oh. is and guess what callum drives i drive a sedan and guess how many watermelons i had to bring 20 watermelons so i felt like the kid in uh math problems <laughs> So was it your whole back seat and the passenger seat? Yeah, it was pretty funny. And like, oh, I feel like you would totally rock a Google question. One of those behavioral Google questions where they're like, yeah, how many balls can you fit into a sedan? You're like, "Mm, let's go with watermelons. I can tell you exactly. (laughs) I felt like the kid in math problems that you like learn in like fifth grade. It was pretty funny. And I remember I sent a picture to Medusa and I'm pretty sure you saw it. And everybody was just like holy shit (laughs) and the winner of that contest i won't say who won it but it is not who you would expect it to be which was the craziest thing i've ever seen describe them this person was literally smashing their face into the watermelon to break it up and like just absorbing it somehow i don't know how they did it oh my god but the person that you would think would win a contest a food eating contest did not win the watermelon eating contest and that's all I could say, because they are very popular. Oh. And they bring cheerleaders now, so... What what did this person look like, though? They were um, very young, as opposed to an older, fat dude who would, you know, just chow down about an entire watermelon in one sitting. They were able to do it in, like, five minutes. Eat two halves of a watermelon. So they, like, smashed it open with their head and, like, sucked well, the melon well, out? Well, we I, we cut it into um, halves. You know, we don't make them 
but they have to eat it by their with only their face. They can't use their hands. And again, this person just does not look like the person that would win one, but they hunkered down and was literally smashing their face into the watermelon to break it up to get all the pink out. And it was awesome. <laughs> they won us a uh, photo in a contest, in a trade contest, which was pretty awesome. That's really funny. And it was awesome. <laughs> yeah. And of course, we have cheeseburger, hot dog, um, and a pie eating contest, which is pretty funny to watch, too. Oh, I bet a lot of people throw up after that one. Um, Only one person vomited this year. This and this person who he was... He was a carny that decided to join the contest and he had to turn his shirt inside out and he was like talking a giant game trying to flirt with my the same uh work my little assistant worker that was being hit on by the carny that, that I talked girl. about earlier. <laughs> yeah, that poor so, girl. I think, he, I think he, <laughs> she is the coolest chick ever. She's awesome. But yeah, he was trying to like show off, but then he just vomited like the second burger in, which was the funniest thing ever because like you could tell he was like basically a man sorry emasculated from then on out (laughs) (laughs) all right um but i mean what were some of the things that you loved about doing this i loved being part just meeting so many different people and again like the story of the person that got to see their favorite act it's stories like that we had an equestrian court that they kind of functioned as um, outreach for us. An equestrian court, which is horses. They're horse girls. They're all very, very sweet, and working with them is a pleasure. Just learning so much, because this was this was my like main first job out of college, and my boss was my mentor. They're my friend, and working with them and learning, just the sh- the aspect of just being in this culturally american experience i think was mm-hmm. one of the amazing things and the fact that i could eat three cheeseburgers a day and still lose weight because i was moving around so much <laughs> was pretty awesome that's the dream that's the real dream. like i lost weight it was crazy and let's see what else i got to meet um a very very famous band yeah, they are featured predominantly on a CW show, and that's all I can say. And I, they are good. They're a very, very, very old band. I think like only two members are left, mm. but they were genuinely like really good. I was like, damn, this is this is good. They tra- they transitioned into a more like progressive rock, which oh, was really cool, cool to see. If so it's not all thinking of that's a cool choice for them. Yeah, it is. it was. And I was like, I got my parents to come out because my parents were like fans of them. And they were just like, this was awesome. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Callum. Oh, th- thanks, mom and dad. Oh, that's nice. So not everything is bad for sure. Not everything is bad. Like meeting some of the acts. Some of them are really down to earth and really cool. Um, again, we're, some of the carnies, like I mentioned, um, a cowgirl. She is very sweet, very fun to work with. Mm-hmm. Um, again, just like being involved in something that brings the community together because fairs do in the end, they bring the community together. 
they bring businesses like local businesses to the forefront of people's minds. So, cause I think where I lived, local businesses are incredibly important. Mm-hmm. So that was nice. Um, and again, just having the experience of working in something that is so, I don't mean to be patriotic or like, but affair is so quintessentially American, the entire experience of like going to rides, um, getting your significant other a corn dog, winning a stuffed animal, something like that. It's so, it's fun making someone's memory like that. Because mm-hmm. you could see people that were on dates or a guy with uh, a husband and wife with their two kids and you can see the joy on their faces. Um, you know, seeing little kids like pet an animal for a first time. All those experiences you know, we help make form those experiences that for life that people look back. And like you were saying earlier, this is accessible to people that don't necessarily have access to, you know, expensive vacations and cruises. Exactly. Like that. So you're actually truly providing something to a huge section of the population that doesn't necessarily get to do stuff like this, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Vacations are expensive. Yeah. Here, just have $100, $200 and you're good to go. And that's a lot of money to some people. Mm -hmm. But the amount that you get with, you know, entry fees, you know, you can ride some rides, have, you know, an elephant ear or a milkshake. Um, It's it's an experience that I was, I felt proud to be a part of. I've got a burning question. Go ahead. What does the cowgirl do exactly? Tricks stilt walking and a couple other things they're entertainers i don't get it either i never watch their shows so she like she walks around on stilts and has like a lasso and says yeehaw basically yeah <laughs> that sounds kind she of has awesome. a couple of characters yeah she sounds pretty cool you probably get along with her quite well she she's a very pleasant person i'm very gay too so <laughs> <laughs> On that note, I think this is a great place to kind of end this episode. I'm your host, Veeps. I'm Medusa. And I am Callum, and you don't know me. If you loved what you heard today, be sure to subscribe and leave us a five-star rating and review. We'd love to hear from you. Now, we do have some extra material today in the show notes, so be sure to head over to ydkmpodcast.com to check those out. Also, we are at ydkmpodcast on all social media, and our website, once again, is ydkmpodcast.com. As usual, the music in this episode is courtesy of bensound.com. That's B-E-N-S-O-U-N-D.com.